Welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. So today we have a very special guest here. Her name is Jayla Knight, and I'm very excited to have her on because she's a weight loss mindset coach that helps women to finally lose weight without, um, without dieting. And this is kind of really a perfect time because this is where most people are starting to plan for a new, new year, new me. So I was really excited to get you on this podcast and get as many tips as possible from you and learn about you and what you do and why your system's so effective. So with that, uh, for those who may not know you, can you tell a little bit about the listeners about who you are, what you do, and maybe even something unique about your work itself? Uh, so I have been in the fitness world a really, really long time, but I've been full time for the last 15 years and mostly doing exercise in that. But I was really craving to to provide more holistic uh, coaching and things like that for my clients because I found that they were so great at showing up to their exercise classes and they were enjoying that and being very consistent. And that was awesome. But then not necessarily doing all the other things to continue to live a healthy and thriving life outside the class. And so just in the last couple of years, I really delved into more of the lifestyle coaching and got into mental fitness, as you mentioned, we'll talk more about that. But what I love about that is because it's such a holistic point of view of not even just uh, weight loss, but life and really about how, how to handle life's challenges with a positive mindset. And so then I use that to help my clients with their weight loss struggles. Okay. I love it. I think it's so underrated. I'm, I'm new on this whole health and wellness journey here. Um, this podcast is kind of the way to push me forward in it. And I realized that mental health is such an... I've only known it. I shouldn't say I realized because now it just popped into my head now. But I didn't fully grasp how important it is to fix your mindset on things. There's just little things you can do to really boost your outcomes when it comes to the, your fitness journey, whether it's your, your, the meals you, you prepare, the things you tell yourself, everything. So I'm just so excited to get into this conversation with you here. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a really important thing you brought up because it's so many people go straight into the actions you can do, right? The, the meals you prepare, the workouts you can do, the, the foods you eat or don't eat, and they don't address the mindset part of it. And that's really about why we're doing the things that we're doing. And so if you just try to change it from the actions, then you're going to constantly have all this extra feedback in your mind that most times will talk you out of doing those actions, right? If you just try to force yourself into eating differently, but in your mind, you're like, I don't really want to do this. I miss the other stuff. Like, you know, can't eat what I want. Then you're going to stop, right? If you don't address why you're having those thoughts and get to the root cause of what that is, then you won't continue taking the actions that would have led to weight loss had you been able to stay on it. Interesting. Have you read James Clear's Atomic Habits before? Oh, yeah. Okay, because <laughs> I, what I think of what exactly says it pops it really his book pops ahead in almost every interview for some reason. But this one's super pertinent because, as you said, people don't think about the why behind what they're doing it, and then they they quit on themselves. So I've done it plenty of times. Um, there was a point on prior military. I used to I used to look like a GI Joe. I was fit. I was ripped. I was. You know, I look, I look like what you would picture, like envision a military member. And then I lost that motivation. I lost my why and got out of shape. And it took years. I mean, I got out in 2015. I'm just now going on a health wellness journey and understand my why behind it. And of course, 
everyone tries to do, and well, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people try to do those quick fix diets. And as you said, little things that, like changing meals up and, oh, I'm going to do this at the gym and whatever. Try Orange Theory, which are all great, but you have to know what makes you tick. So um, I'm, I know you kind of briefly touched this, but I'm kind of curious what, what made you go into really focus on the mental health aspect? Cause a lot of people give you that structured action plan of, Hey, this is what you should eat. This is how many, how many macros you need and all, all of that versus, Hey, this is how we get your mind right. So we can get you physically fit and get you to where you want to be in life. Yeah. And I was going to say sort of unfortunate, but I think it comes from my, my own history and that I had such a disordered eating pattern and, I, I went to all of those nutritionists back in the day and like got the the diet plans and the, the calories and all those things. And I hated it. And I hated eating that way. I hated the way I felt about myself. I hated all the things. And I, I either stuck to it and was miserable while I was doing it, or I failed at it and was miserable that I failed at it. But the whole thing just really, really messed up my relationship with food. So I don't want to do that to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair Short story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I think a lot of us have that same issue and we go, we go through this the whole thought process of following the trends and things like that. And maybe there's other things we have to work on. That's again, this is why I'm so excited for this call. Cause you, you're going about this from a different way than what I'm used to hearing and yeah. watching different podcasts and different videos on YouTube. Cause this whole podcast is about my my personal wellness journey and I'm trying to provide tools to anybody willing to listen that, Hey, yeah. here's this. I want to, I love to take little snippets from here and there and see what will work for me. And then also what's going to help the audience because that's who's needs help too. They're listening for a reason. And I just like to find the information. Now you have a, a program for yourself, right? It's called the mindset mastery method, if I'm correct. Right. That's what the title of it. Okay, yeah. make sure I'm not losing my mind here. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about that program and how that works, if, if you don't mind? Of course. Um, and so it's sort of based on the mental fitness idea. And so, as I mentioned before, just jumping into do these things differently, right? Just just take these different actions, change everything that you're doing and do it my way. <laughs> it's never my way. But it's... it's Besides just like jumping in, like these are different actions because there are different actions, like whatever actions you're taking are leading to a certain outcome that you're, you're living right now. So if you want a different outcome, you're going to have to take different actions to get to a different outcome, right? So that, that tracks. But what, where things break down is why we're taking the action and what's going to help us consistently take that action. And so kind of going back to the atomic habits, one of the things that I absolutely love is the idea of like, make it super duper easy, break it down, make it easy enough, make it attractive, get that reward system to kind of create that habit loop. And so with the mindset mastery, first, we address the way you feel about certain things, right? And so if, if you're somebody that absolutely hates vegetables, I'm not just going to tell you, just eat them. They're good for you. <laughs> <laughs> explore like what makes you feel that way about vegetables have you tried all the vegetables like just get really really curious about it right because there's so many different aspects but once we get into a certain mindset of like this is how i am this is how i think this is what i will eat this is what i won't eat when you're stuck in that sort of scenario then 
you're not open to all the other possibilities and all the other ways that could be effective and could be really, really helpful for you. But when you're open to looking at that and exploring it and really become aware of why, why you're doing certain things. Like I have so many clients that are like, I actually like vegetables. I don't know why I don't eat them. Like I actually really do like them. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's look at that. And then they're like, okay, well, it's, it's harder to make vegetables than it is to order takeout and things like that. Like, okay, is it harder or have you been doing it a hard way? <laughs> like, are there easier? Like personally, I, historically, I have not been a very good cook. <laughs> I do not enjoy cooking in the kitchen. I do not enjoy making gourmet meals. But I love when I can just piece together easy things. So like cauliflower rice is one of my favorite things in the world. But I didn't eat it for a while because boiling the cauliflower and putting it through the food processor and all those things just felt like too much trouble. But now you can get it all ready made for you in a frozen package. And all I had to do is throw it on. So like easy. <laughs> so again, I was open to finding some way to make something easier for me. And because of that, now it's super easy for me to add that vegetable to my life. And so. I'm going on tangents here, but the idea of rather than just telling you to do a certain thing, we're going to look at your mindset about why you're feeling a certain way about things and explore that and like see are there other ways that you can think about that. Spoiler alert, there's always another way you can think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Some will feel right to you and some won't. Like I'm not trying, I'm, it's definitely not any kind of brainwashing. I'm not going to be like, you like cauliflower rice now. Like absolutely <laughs> not, but. Like, could you like cauliflower rice? Could you like these other things if, if they were presented to you a certain way, if they were easy enough for you, if you've seasoned them in a way that tastes better? That's just one example. But looking at the, the thoughts and the feelings behind why we're doing what we're doing is where we start with the Mindset Mastery Program. Okay, nice. That makes perfect sense. Um, mine wasn't so much for the cooking I'm terrible at getting my fruit, my fruits in my system. Like I, now I make a first thing I do in the morning is, uh, well, not first thing, but I, I get up, I go work out cause I need to make sure I get sun. Um, I walk around a little bit and then I go exercise. Then I get a smoothie. This is, this is how I make sure I get my, my greens and my, my fruits intake. Cause otherwise for whatever reason, I just don't get enough. And I realized that, um, just think about, I was like, Hmm, why does it seem like I never eat fruit when I love, I love fruit, but I also don't like, like pineapple, for instance, I don't want to go through the, the hassle of cutting it up and like using a core, taking it out and then, or waiting for it to be ripe. That's annoying to me too. I want it ripe right now. I also don't want to pay for additional dollars because the store cut it up for me, <laughs> but that's my I went on a tangent here too, uh, but it's similar. Like I was like, okay, how do I make this easier? James Clear, Atomic Habits, like take the obstacles out of the way. I love that. So once you do that, how does that work with the rest of the system? Is it is a huge part of it just like figuring out and then kind of tinkering with it a little bit more there? Like I'm kind of curious about your your method. Sure, absolutely. So we actually we go a lot deeper into the emotions and really understand about what kind of thoughts you're you're telling yourself on a regular basis. And there's a lot of negative self talk, especially when it comes to weight loss and a lot of guilt and shame and things around that. So we really figure out like what those thoughts are, where they're coming from, kind of why they exist there, and then how to manage that so that you are not constantly berating yourself and in a, a very very natural way. And again, it's a lot about just getting curious about why you're thinking that way, why you're feeling that way. Is that true? Could something else be true? Just getting a lot clearer about your story so that 
you can get out from all of that, that negative overload that we have that we just kind of grow into and really get back in touch with your intuition, your inner wisdom, because your inner wisdom has all the access to your creativity and your clarity and problem solving. And that's where you're going to find like what you are driven to. Like you're going to find ways that you are going to get your fruit in. Like you talked about with your, your smoothies and that works for you. You're not going to get there with like, I suck. I can't ever eat fruit. Everything's wrong with me because I don't eat fruit. You're not going to get there. You're not going to think of any solutions that are going to be helpful for you. But if you can get out of that, and as you just said, you, you went and you worked out. And so you got out of your head into your body, which is another one of the principles about just getting really, really mindful. And so we do that in a very accessible way with these little two minute mindfulness breaks throughout the day so that you're constantly reminding yourself to come back to your center and who you really are and deepen that connection with your intuition so that you, you really start to retrain your brain so that it doesn't constantly go to that negative space, but starts to build automatic habits or automatic thoughts that are positive in nature. And all of those things just make it easier and easier for you to make actions that are more in alignment with who you really are versus the version of you that you're sort of used to talking nasty to that doesn't really like to make changes. No, I love it. And I think it's super underrated um, to, to take the time out of your day to reset yourself. Is this more like a, a breathing exercise, more of like a, like a short meditation? Like, what are we talking here for that? Can it be either? I, I'll just let you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of all of the above. Um, so it's about getting hyper-focused on any of your five senses. And so you can do that with, with your touch, senses. So touch, smell, taste, sight, hearing. And so you can do that with your breath. And we have these guided ones that just really focus on breathing. Uh, but a lot of people even have trouble to just sit still and breathe for, for two minutes even. And so we have moving ones where you can go on a walk and like really notice how your feet feel and feel those sensations and then feel the sensations in your legs and feel the sensations as your arm moves. But like just focusing on your body and all this does is gives you that temporary break you need to get out of your, your stressful mind space and out of any negative thought loops that you are recurring. And that's enough of a break for you to come back and be like, okay, how do I want to feel now? What do I want to think about this now? And, and it's, it's a, it takes a lot of repetition because we all have a lot of, a lot of years and a lot of experience of treating ourselves a certain way that isn't serving us anymore. Um, but it can also happen very quickly. Like they've, they've shown, they, they, this is very scientifically uh, researched and they've shown in functional MRI machines that when you're practicing this in just eight weeks, it's changing the way that your brain is wired and like the, the positive associations areas of your brain are lighting up more. The negative association areas are less active. So it's, it's literally rewiring your brain to be more positive. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, I've experienced the same thing, just changing a few habits and doing this. So I love it. Um, so people are hung up on dieting, right? They, they always think they want to diet. and You're changing specific habits. What are some easy, I think we kind of went over this a little bit, but like, what are some easier ways for people to, besides just deciding why don't I like, um, but why do I maybe not like this? Are there any other easy, actual tips that someone could take away for, to help Better their health. And because yeah. I know you don't deal with the dieting part, you're more the mentality aspect of it. And I just want to get a little more specific with that as well. So that's I a really long winded. 
<laughs> yeah, I got you. So, so with the, with the program, we start with a mindset, but we get very much into strategy. And so I think you're asking about the strategy. Is that correct? Okay. Correct, yeah. <laughs> so with that strategy, uh, again, we come down to things that are, are very natural and sustainable and things you can do long-term that do not feel restrictive. And so one of them is, like I said, we really practice getting in touch with your intuition so that you can understand your hunger and fullness cues. And so if you're eating when you're hungry and stopping before you stuff yourself, you are naturally going to eat in an amount of food that's right for your body and you will come into your natural weight. And so in that way, you don't have to listen to any external rules or like you should eat this much or count these many calories and measure these things. But when you really are attuned to your body, you'll know. And that gives you so much more self-trust and self-confidence of when you know what your body needs versus like, well, I can't eat anymore today, even though I feel really hungry because I've already eaten all my calories, all my points, all my whatevers. But when you can trust that I need a little bit more right now, I need a little bit less right now, and that's okay. So that's that's one of the major strategies we we start with. And and with that comes into just really learning how to be more mindful when you're eating. And so like we I talked about doing the the mindfulness practices, that's something we want to do before we eat so you can get into that present space and you can get into your body. And like get out of any stressful mode so you can really focus on what you're doing and then eating slowly, really savoring your food so that, you know, whether you, you set your utensil down or I even teach people to eat with their non-dominant hand for a little while because nothing's going to make you focus more than <laughs> trying, to, trying to aim into your mouth with your, my non-dominant hand is uh, not, <laughs> it's very, very non-dominant. <laughs> Um, but drinking more water, being more present with the conversation, like all of these things are going to elevate your, your meal experience so that you're, you, again, we just want to get out of that stressful state. Like so many times when you've gotten to a place where you're overweight, everything about food is stressful. Like even if you're eating comfort food, there's, there's all those thoughts that are either coming at you or going to come at you when you're done with it. That's making it stressful. And you know, that's coming. Right. So everything about eating food is stressful in that state. And so I really just want to get out of that stressful state because it's like I said, you one, you'll recognize when you're full easier Two, you get rid of the cortisol in your body and cortisol is going to make it harder for you to lose weight. So the more we can just relax and get out of that and get into this peaceful state, then the other things keep falling into place so that you're eating more mindful. You're only eating what you need. You still get to choose things you want to eat. And again, we went back to finding open ways to choose foods that you actually enjoy that feel good in your body. That is amazing. Um, loving this conversation so far and all these tips. I'm kind of curious because something that you said during this popped another topic that I've done research on in the past. So you mentioned not eating till where you're full. In, mm -hmm. I, I did a lot of research on blue zones. Have you ever looked at, um, wow, can't talk. <laughs> Have you ever read up on anything on the blue zones or anything along those lines? I'm not familiar I, with that term now. Okay, cool. So the blue zones, I'm just going to do this very, very quickly. Blue zones are the areas in the world where they have the most octogenarians, I believe it's called. No, centaurians, um, 100-year-olds. People over 100? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so a guy named Dan Butner did extensive research and had National Geographic follow out with him. Um, out to multiple different areas. And what you said specifically is something that they practice in Japan. Um, Okinawa is one of the places. That, so mm -hmm. they have an 80-20 principle where you're very mindful of what you're eating and you only eat 
until you're 80% full. And so mm-hmm. it just, it's more of a tangent here. I just mostly curious on that. Um, yeah. If you had heard of it, because as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh, I was like, this is amazing because we can apply so many things to this. And that 80, 20 rule has been something that I've been sticking with and changing up the little things I eat. It does make me feel better. So I, I love that. That's one of the things that you focus on in your mastery method, because it's, yeah. it's something I didn't understand until the past couple of months, really past like month and a half that, these little mindfulness things. And I never thought to do before a meal. So I'm going to try that tonight because I can only awesome. imagine I'm going to be laughing the whole time I'm trying to eat. <laughs> Cause like you, I don't, I'm not ambidextrous. So I can imagine that's going to be incredibly painful for me and I'm prior military. So I eat very quickly. So that's going to throw me mm-hmm. for a loop. I treat mm-hmm. meals as much as I love food. I treat it like it's a task to get done so I can get to the next thing. And I think it's a prior military in me. And so I don't enjoy, I'm not mindful of the food. It's probably also Mm -hmm. why I will eat bad food at times because I'm not thinking about it because I'm eating it so quick. Um, But sorry, that was a very long tangent again. I'm, I'm uh, full of tangents right now. It's great. (laughs) You're absolutely on the, on the, on the same track. And that, that's, that's what we teach him. I, I sometimes pull away from the the idea of 80% because a lot of people get in the idea that they can only eat 80% of what's on the plate in front of them. So, <laughs> so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your inner fullness stuff. And so 80% just kind of feels like I feel good. I feel satiated. I could take a little walk. Like I'm not sluggish. I don't need to go lay down. Don't need to unbutton my pants. Like that's, that's eating beyond full, but just so you're satisfied. And one of the things that really comes with that, and again, this goes back into the mindset part is knowing that I can always have more. I, I'm not, I'm not forced to stop eating. Nobody's taking the food away from me. There's more there. I can go back and get more whenever I'm physically hungry and I need more, but that I don't need to eat it right now because it's scarce or like it's, it's the only time I'm ever going to get this. And just knowing that you, you can eat when you can honor your hunger signals. If you feel hungry, you get to eat again. And I think so many people, especially when they get into that diet mentality, like I got to eat it now because it, especially if they're, if they're breaking their diet or they're cheating, like I got to eat it now because tomorrow I have to go back on a strict diet again. And that's just setting you up for a loop of unpleasantness. Yep. I've been through that loop plenty of times. So <laughs> many, many have. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure most people have at this point. Um, okay. That. I love this mindset of everything because I can talk about mindset all day long. Um, Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so underrated and also so prevalent in today's conversations too, which I love. I'm curious to learn more about your program. So once you once you get the the thought process behind the your why behind why you do what you do, then you strategize it. What's the next step in the process? So we continue to to work on more strategies. So another one is to just pre-plan what you're going to eat for the day. And so on your plan, you can write down anything you want. This is not about restricting yourself to a certain ideal diet plan, anything like that. But it is about just working with your brain again. So when you're, when you're making decisions in the moment, and you might have recognized this when you said food is such a utility, like it's here, I eat it, I get it down, it's over. Right? You're not thinking about your your long term goals or how it's going to feel afterwards. Like you're just like right now, this is what's going on. It's all I'm thinking about, and that's how our brains are designed. They're there for instant gratification. And so, if you're especially if you're presented with a lot of food that's not necessarily going to benefit you for the long term, 
you're just going to eat whatever's in front of you. Versus if you plan it out, then you're using your prefrontal cortex, your, your planning part of your brain that actually cares about your actual happiness and your long-term goals and like really thinks things through. It's not just the instant gratification and then like, you know, who cares what comes after that? Because we do care. <laughs> what comes after that is unpleasant. <laughs> but so when you plan things in advance, then you are just naturally going to make choices that line up better with what's going to feel good in your body and it's going to help promote weight loss. And so we just create, uh, help them create very, very simple plans. It doesn't have to be, again, it's not restrictive. It's not like you can only eat these kinds of foods. It's just like, what foods are you planning to eat today? And it just brings a lot more awareness to it, right? And awareness without the, the backwards tracking of it. So again, it's just it's that mindset shift about just kind of pre-planning, but knowing you can have anything you want. Nothing is off limits. We just have to be aware of it. And as you're aware of it, you naturally want to make different decisions about it. And so you're just kind of leveling up the things that you're choosing. This is when we started, like, if you keep doing the same thing you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same result you've already had. So we do need to make changes to what we're doing, but we need to make them in the way that feel good to us so that we don't resist making the changes. So planning new meals is another one that we really focus on. The idea of eating, eating slowly, eating mindfully, getting present before you eat, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, planning what you eat. Those are, they're big strategies that we're using. Okay. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I was doing that. I didn't even realize that, that to be honest, like everything you mentioned is stuff that minus the mindfulness. Now I have, I'm going to practice that. I'm going to hear me say this multiple times is because I never even thought about that. Um, so that's, that's fun. I love when I get to take something new away and be like, yay, add that into the whole routine. Um, I'm kind of curious. So I'm getting ready to have a baby here. And I know, I don't know if you deal with post-pregnant females at all. I know you predominantly work with females from, from my understanding. Does, does the methodology differ a little bit when it comes to pregnant females versus um, non-pregnant females? Okay, same thing. Okay, it's all mindset. <laughs> yeah, so the, that, that's what I love about these. These are like just universal principles. So it's not, again, I'm not telling you that you can only eat a certain amount of calories. Like a, a postpartum woman, especially if she's breastfeeding, is going to need more calories than an ordinary woman. But this has nothing to do with that. It, her body, when she gets in tune with her body, which from pregnancy, I've heard, you get very in tune with your body. So she's probably even going to be like, have a leg up on this, right? So she's already in tune with what's going on then she'll know better about what her body needs. And now she can build that self-trust that she knows. Because that's the other part that gets very, very complicated. Is we're so not used to listening to our bodies that we, we do have to build our connection with our intuition again. And then we have to build that trust that it's okay and that we, we can do this. And we just do that by practicing and a little by little and celebrating all the different wins that we're getting out of that because there's wins everywhere. The more you, every, every small positive move you make generates I was going to say at least 10 wins, but like there's, there's <laughs> wins everywhere and we're just not used to seeing them. And so we don't recognize them, but when you do recognize them, it helps you want to, it builds that momentum so that you stay on it and you keep going. So like, like you're going to practice with your, your mindfulness before you eat tonight. And then you're, you're mindful. Now you're paying attention. You'd be like, wow, like I enjoyed that meal so much better. Or like, I just felt really good about the amount that I eat. Or you're like, I just felt more energized. Any of those things. Like the more you recognize that, the more you're going to be like, Oh, I'm definitely doing this again, right? And then that's going to build the consistency. Love it. I'm kind of curious, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I'm going to ask the question regardless. When it comes to people who maybe stress eat a lot, I 
used to stress eat a ton. What are some strategies? Wow, I am really talking strongly right now. Um, <laughs> um, what are some strategies that you recommend? I know I'm, I'm figuring, I want to steal thunder, but I'm guessing the mindfulness is a huge strategy and understand why behind your stress. But do you have any strategies for people who tend to stress eat and maybe don't care what they're eating at the moment? They're just trying to fill that stressor with it. Because I used to yeah. be a big time stress eater. Yeah. And stress is, so it, it all comes from any, any negative emotions that are driving you into this eating pattern. It all kind of stems the same way. And so stress is just a really, really, really common one, but the more you can want, so you recognize that stress, you do your mindfulness practices. You just kind of take that pause and get into your, your center. You slow down what you're doing. Now, when, when you're stressed, that's, it's very hard to remember to do all of these things. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky. But what we practice is doing all of these things in the times that you're not stressed so that you're more likely to come back to it when you when you do get into that stress. And so we're just like, that's why we call it mental fitness, because you are strengthening your brain to handle more and more challenging situations with ease, with positivity. So if you're constantly stressed out and you don't have the mental fitness, then you're, everything's going to feel like stress but you're going to keep building your mental fitness up. So now the things that were stressing you aren't as big stressors. And now your mental fitness is stronger than that. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's kind of really what I was figuring was the case, but I wanted to hear you explain it here. So we, we go to from strategy, we go to planning. What's the next step at that point? So then we get more into up-leveling the, the types of food that you're eating and making sure that you're, you're getting your protein and you're becoming more aware of what sort of portions would feel good in your body. So everything's a practice, right? You're not going to suddenly understand every cue in your body and suddenly know exactly when you're hungry and exactly when you're full. And like that's, those, are, those take some time to develop. So while you're developing that, then we work on strategies besides recognizing whether you're physically hungry or emotionally hungry and recognizing like how much more satiating protein is going to be than cake, right? And so when you, you see how these different foods feel in your body and you keep wanting to choose the foods that feel better in your body, then we just keep practicing moving that forward and it becomes more and more and more natural. Okay, so you're basically just ingraining the previous habits built up a little more deeper is essentially what's happening, especially with the the food planning part of it too. Yeah. Constantly refining the habits and then building on additional ones. So that is like, so again, so if you, if you just go into like wanting to, to, to lose weight, right? Like the old way, then you would, you need, you need to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. Right. So a lot of people need to be in a calorie deficit. They're like, okay, I'm going to count calories. I'm going to cut this many calories out. This is what I'm going to eat. Only they don't stick to that because there's, there's so many other pieces going on besides that. But we still need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. And so with our way, we just start with understanding why you're doing the way that you're doing it, teaching you how to handle your emotions so that you're, you're not driven by negative emotions, but you can get mindful and get present and get in touch with your intuition so you can build that self-trust in your body so that you can slow down and eat mindfully and actually care about what you're choosing and how it feels in your body. And then you're feeling better about yourself so that you care to do more of these things. And then so you care to eat the, the higher quality foods and you care to eat things that don't stuff you. And then when you care to do all these things, then the weight is going to come off. But it's because you actually care and want to versus 
I'm just doing it to lose the weight because that's the old diet mentality. And you do it to lose the weight and then you stop and you go back to your old ways and the weight comes back. So I have a lot of being now in the health and wellness realm. I have a lot of friends who are um, into physical fitness and a lot of them don't really talk about the mental health aspect of things in, in terms of the mindset you have to have to approaching your food. They'll, they'll mention mindfulness when eating, but I love how you go so in depth and the importance of understanding why you're doing what you're doing and then how you correct it and how it's going to make you happier as you keep building upon that. So it's, it's like a step ladder going up and yeah. I'm, I'm loving the more I learn more about this program here. I'm That's definitely awesome. going to, have have my fiance reach out here um, post pregnancy. Of course, she's nine months due, so she's not doing any any anything right now. Um, <laughs> we we are surviving at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just think that is incredible. So once you get to the up leveling, is there another step after that? Well, you just constantly continue to refine, and so it kind of depends on it's an individual basis, right? So then people will struggle with whether they're, they still have a lot of cravings and we need to figure out why they're still having cravings or how they're managing their cravings, things like that. So it becomes really, really individualized after that. Or somebody will be extra stressed at work. We need to figure out what's going to help you get out of the stress pattern. Or somebody's got a lot of family demands going on and they can't seem to find time to take care of themselves. We got to figure out where they can make different choices and make things easier and you know, maybe buy the cut of pineapple. <laughs> That's what they need in order to <laughs> have a, a regular meal. But you know, there's there's lots of different opportunities and choices, and like it's it's endless. It's, there's so many things. But for for most of us, and I fall into this all the time. Like when when I get into a problem, and again, this is very much the way our brains are wired, that I can only see my problem, right? And I need somebody else to like help me see what's outside of my problem because I'm in this space of our brain. So real quick neuroscience lesson, our negative emotions are all on one side of our brain and our positive emotions are all on another side. So when you're in the negative emotion state, you don't have access to the positive side. So you can only see what's bothering you. And then, yeah, so <laughs> really, really simplified lesson there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so you can, so that's why we use the mindfulness stuff to break out of it. So you can pause back and go neutral. And then you can find the positive side. But if you're stuck in your negative side, then that's all you can see. And so, so many times when something goes wrong and something's bothering us, we get stuck in the negative side, right? And so like, when you're like, there's nothing I can do and nothing works and everything's awful. Yeah, because that's all you can see. And so it's great if you've already practiced and you have these mindfulness tools that you can pull yourself out of that. And it's also great when you have an outside point of view that can help you see out of that. Because like we just we just need like a glimmer of hope and like we can break out of that spell. But like when we're in that spell, that's our we keep uh, firing other emotions that equal the exact same spell that we're under, and we don't have access to the positive creativity, clear and calmness that our positive side has. Interesting. So I've never heard it explained that way. It makes perfect sense because I always wondered why you just go down this negative loophole um and i was like wow okay that's that's a very simplistic and easy way for people to grasp that hey like yeah you're gonna have moments where you go negative it's gonna keep going but you gotta be able the whole point of your mastery method so you can get back to that starting point and get yourself back to that positive mindset oh that's 
really cool. This this is fun because this is completely different than what I was expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting entirely either, to be clear. But I love when it's just fun surprises. And mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting all the, all the um, mental health aspects of this, even though I know how critical it is. So I've really, really loved our conversation. Um, Fantastic. With that, I do always get a little closer to the time frame here. Um, I always love to let people discuss if there's anything that they want to express any, anything that they feel like we didn't get a chance to talk about please go ahead and speak on it um uh, after that i usually what i do is i ask a couple standard questions just kind of fun ones to end the the interview on but i would love to give you an opportunity to if there's anything that you want to discuss that maybe i didn't ask a question on or um you weren't able to touch on uh, i feel like we we covered a lot of pieces but maybe just the to leave your listeners with the idea that uh let's give them a very simple way to go neutral, right? So we, we just talked about how you can so much get into that negative spiral and it feels like there's no way out of it. And a absolutely scientific research-based way to go neutral is to just breathe for even just 10 seconds. But if you can do for two minutes, just get very mindful of, or just get into any of your five senses. I like breathing because you can do it anytime, anywhere. But just come back and like take three deep breaths and then just like check in and see, is that just a little bit of relief? And you might want to repeat this a couple of times, right? But just know that you can always just come back to neutral and then take it from there. And again, that's one part of a process, but that you you have that tool. And so when you're getting overwhelmed and you're getting stressed out and it feels like nothing's going right, you have this tool that you can come back to center. Love it. Okay. That is perfect. Um, I am... Definitely going to practice that too. Um, I do breath work, but a lot of times I don't do it where I'm stressed. So now I want to see how that works and how it gets me back to that baseline again. Um, most of the time I just do it first thing in the morning, um, which mm-hmm. is part, almost like a, almost like a meditation for me. That's mm-hmm. like my version of meditating my, my brain. I can't slow it down enough to do meditation right now. I'm working on that, but that's a whole nother tangent. Um, so thank you so much for that tip and for all your tips today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know people are going to love this, the, all the amazing tips that you gave today. And I know you have so much more to offer. So um, with that, I loved, as I said earlier, I love to end on just a couple questions. One of my favorite questions to ask is if you could have any superpower or if you have any superpower, what would your superpower be? Uh well, uh, I want all the superpowers, so I'm going to go with the one that I have. <laughs> um, the one when I've been uh, accused of is to have a uh, fitness fairy dust and that I, I get people that have never liked exercise, always just thought it was just the worst thing ever to actually fall in love with it. And again, it kind of goes back into mindset, but just finding, finding something that you enjoy about it, because 100%, I do not believe in doing anything you hate doing. So, so many people come to me, they're like, I hate exercise. And I'm like, hmm, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't, you shouldn't <laughs> exercise if you hate it. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> aren't you, aren't you a fitness professional? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> but let's talk about why you hate it and see if there might be some other way to do it. And, uh, 1000% of the time they end up loving. No, I won't say a thousand percent of the time. Most of the people <laughs> they come to me end up loving it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. See I always get fun answers for that question. It's such a simple question, but like, this is amazing. So 
I love that. And that's an amazing superpower because a lot of people do. They're not very motivated to work out. It took me a while to get back into that. So that's super cool mm-hmm. that you have that ability to really break down why somebody might dislike it and find something they do enjoy about it. Because we both know, and I'm sure listeners here will know that how important physical fitness is for you and mental fitness. Um, mm-hmm. But next question, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? What thought thought feels better. So whenever you're going through any decision-making, not sure what to do, just to figure out which thought feels better. And then that's the right one for you in that moment. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to have to write that down. I, so I go back and re, re-listen to these and like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't take notes while doing the podcast. So right, I'm going right, to go right. back and write that one down because I love that so much. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah. And it will not stay long. Yeah. That life-changing. Holy cow. Um, one other question. Sure. Um, what is your favorite quote and why is that your go-to quote? Nothing good was ever done without enthusiasm because I love the idea that, well, it's kind of, you can't hate yourself into to fitness or hate yourself into weight loss, any of those things. So if you're going to produce a good outcome, it's going to come from some positive emotion that you have. And I particularly enjoy enthusiasm. So I just like that it kind of summarizes, it makes it very clear that Again, to get to a positive place, you need to come from a positive place and build on that momentum. Love it. And you clearly exude enthusiasm. So that's perfect. It makes perfect sense. So uh, (laughs) that was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time and reaching out and hopping on the podcast here. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know there's so many amazing nuggets that the listener will be able to take away. Um, And with that, I'm just going to let you... Have the rest of your Sunday here. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much for having me.